call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of gree grease in my hand. Dig me tripping up and back down the bayou. I'm the last of the best, they call me the gree grease man. Hello, everybody. Got many clients. Welcome. Come from miles around. To the Po' Boys Podcast. Running down my prescription. I'm your host, Jody B. I got medicine. And I got a, all y'all a new episode for your I got a remedy of every description. Yeah. Alright. So here's the deal, guys. I, uh... I did an interview. I did an interview, an episode, whatever you want to call it. I had a nice long conversation with uh, a lovely young lady from Twitter that I met and who I now listen to and follow, Miss Juliet Miranda, host of the Unrideable Ramp podcast. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I don't. Here, first of all, let me just start with this. Juliet Miranda. Uh, does a show where she tells stories and she drinks whiskey or bourbon, whatever. Um, so it was not uncommon. <laughs> I, I I decided to have cocktails during this interview slash talk, whatever. And uh, I'm a little shh, don't. I'm a little fucked up right now. It's okay though. We gonna get through it. I'm gonna keep it short. Uh, we talk for like an hour. We talk about her show their lives you know just different things and uh, really had a blast guys so i hope that you enjoy um we are smack in the middle of uh the potter madness bracket we made it to the sweet 16 and i believe we get restarted again today uh on trying to campaign and get some votes so hey you want to make me feel good you want to make me feel like what I'm doing is actually worth my time and I'm not just sitting around fucking around. Now, understand, if you don't vote, that's fine. But I'm saying, if you'd like to show me some love and you don't want to give me any money, you can carry your punk ass over to at Potter Madness or go to you know, one of my Twitter accounts. I will try to have the link somewhere there and vote for me at PoBoyPod. Uh, if you've got more than one account, vote for me. Send me two votes, you fuck. Just switch over. (laughs) Jesus. We're trying to take this one to the house. So you guys get in there and get your hands dirty. But it's been pretty pretty normal here. Nothing crazy this week. So I just, I don't want to waste your time. I want to get right into it. I want you guys to enjoy this episode. And uh, yeah, man. Fucking sit there. You listen to my conversation with Julia Brandon. Love trouble. You got a bad woman you can't control. I got just the thing for you. Something called controlling hearts and get together drops. If you work too hard and you need a little rest, try my easy life rub or put some of my balls fixed jazz in your breakfast. Try a little bit of Head now 
whiskey and my daddy drank Jim Bean. I was conceived just outside of New Orleans. Told my mom I loved her while Elvin Bishop played. That it'd be the worst mistake my mama ever made. I'm a son of a bourbon, I'm a son of a bitch. I'm a dying breed of rock and roll left ass up in a ditch. Well, I've been up against the law, I've served some time in jail. I've been known for getting stoned and raised my share of hell. Yeah. Gotta get the blood pumping on a Sunday, huh? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I was sitting most of the week looking for intro music and stuff like that and i came across that and i go well that's gonna be perfect you picked a beauty (laughs) i love it shout out to blackberry smoke with son of the bourbon son of a bitch goodness gracious uh ladies and gentlemen today we have a treat and uh i'm i'm thoroughly excited i'm gonna try not to geek out too hard over on my end here but uh host author uh, as your your husband would say, occasional misanthrope, Mrs. Juliet Miranda, host oh, wow. of the Unwritable Rant podcast, and uh, just just all around awesome person. I I'm going to be the one to say it. Oh, uh, listen I've, to you. Thank you. I've listened to your show now pretty much since the beginning. I think there's only a few episodes I've missed. It's funny to to have started early and now progressed into where you are now i mean you've got sound effects and and patreon and and all this different stuff that you're working on and you're just kind of making your own little your network over there and your side of the country i'm just i'm happy for you i think it's awesome to have heard you go from from where you started just you know kind of getting your feet wet look not timid but kind of reserved still to now you're calling people cock muppet and hitting people with your cars and <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun, and uh, I've heard some folks that I've actually turned on to your show because, I mean, not to, to – I'm not going to give names, but I'll, I'll – hey, you should check this show out. And they go, oh, what does this broad have to say? And I go, hey, man, just trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love to hear that. Well, I, you know, it's it's storytelling, and, you know, as, as you get better at it, you learn better words and better ways to do it. <laughs> I think that there's something very admirable to – kind of your situation in that you've experienced life that not a lot of people have, or at least most people might not admit as openly as you do. And I think it's very refreshing to have a woman who is willing to get a little dirty and tell you what's going on or or the kind of travels and, and things she's gotten into and wear it as opposed to try to hide behind it. So kudos to you for that. And I that's right. exactly what I'm going for. You yeah. know, I mean, if, if you're going to tell stories, if you're going to connect with people, you've got to be real about it. So I think I've, I've gotten a lot of your bio, like just from what I've listened to. Uh, could you kind of fill me in a born and raised in Chicago? Is that it? The, the starting I am. Point? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chicago girl. Um, once I graduated college, I moved out to Los Angeles to work in the music industry. So I've done PR for a lot of hair bands and a couple of heavy metal bands and then worked in the entertainment industry, moved back to Chicago. And well, here I am now. I've published a book. I'm doing a podcast and, you know, just telling my stories. I think that you have a very interesting perception 
on on the industry itself because you're not just you're not technically an artist as in person who who has done the music side of it i mean to call it call a spade a spade you're a high, high level groupie in the I sense am. from what yeah. i understand <laughs> and um is there anybody that like throughout your your endeavor that just kind of blew your mind i know you've had your obsessions like you know bon jovi and stuff like that but like is there anyone that you actually and i don't mean this in in like a a dirty sense but like somebody you got close enough to or even got to speak with that kind of was like holy shit i just got to talk to blank (laughs) well you know i'll tell you who that is and it's not somebody from the music industry but uh it was a.e hotchner who is an author and he was ernest hemingway's best friend So the two of them traveled together. They wrote together. Uh, They were truly like the best of companions. And when I talked to him, he was in his 90s. And just the stories that this guy has, you know, the the fact that he was so close to Hemingway. I mean, they they went to a bullfight together. You know, he, he dressed Hotchner up as a matador, threw him out into the ring and had him fight bulls. That is the kind of stuff this guy has done. And just he was so passionate and so heartfelt. And just to have that connection to somebody whom I respect so much. Hemingway is just my favorite writer on the planet. You know, just to be that one degree away from him. It was mind blowing. That's pretty cool. Like when you actually think about it, you were I mean, you basically were hanging with a best friend in a sense. Yeah. So. I mean, just to touch history like that. You know, I mean, I've, I've read every single book that Hemingway has written, and I've read all of Hotchner's books. And he's just, he's got this great way of talking about history. He just, it's so real. You know, I mean, the guy was talking about Mata Hari, you know, and, and Scott Fitzgerald. And it's not like watching The Great Gatsby on TV. I mean, this is the guy who did it. Right. You know, I mean, it's just so amazing. I really enjoy speaking with old people. I know that sounds kind of funny to say, but I, I've had the I've had the opportunity to sit and speak with a few octogenarial folks in my family, my wife's family, and also even up into the nineties. And uh can you imagine the wealth of stories and the kind of shit that you would store away in your brain if you lived in the world for 90 years and you were actually oh, able yeah. to have recall of it. Like that's gotta be nuts, right? I know. And you know, and it's taken me a while to appreciate that. You know, I, I think, you know, when you're younger, you just kind of look at it as being somebody just kind of rambling. But now where I'm at, I can look and just understand that they've got this great perspective they've seen it they know it it's so cool to hear them talk my wife's grandpa is 92 years old and i take him i take my son he's two now i take him to see his grandpa every about every other weekend if i can we go up sunday morning we'll have breakfast and he really enjoys it and it it makes me happy too cuz i'll get to talk to him he'll tell me these stories about you know he's he's owned a restaurant he was in world war 2 i think or vietnam like he's just yeah he's chock full of information this motherfucker lived through tv you know what i'm saying like when he was a kid <laughs> they didn't have tv or computers or cars and now he is alive right now today watching tv and and hearing all this stuff like i can't it's amazing um, I've had a few of my older relatives that unfortunately lost it before they got to that point. And, mm. you know, they just, it, it's, 
it's very amusing to get to speak with somebody who has had that kind of a life story to, to pull from. And, well, and it, it makes me hope that I can get to that point, too, where yeah. I'm in my 90s <laughs> and I am cognizant enough to be able to, you know, keep telling these stories. Well, the good news is, is you're recording some of yours. So maybe when you get there, you'll have a record. Right, right. They'll at the least hang off. around even yeah. if I don't. <laughs> take some of the pressure off. <laughs> I tell you what, um, and, and I've listened to enough of your show to know that you and your husband both are quite, or your guy, is that better? My is guy, that, is yeah. That you get around that? You don't like the H word? <laughs> no, I, I have no problem with the H word. I just feel like my guy is more personal. It feels good, right? It's a yeah. lot better. I might have to tell my wife to, to lay on that one, because she doesn't really say husband. She just said, call me by my name, Jody B. That's, that's what I am. Um, I think it's funny, like... There's a couple things that you say in your show that I I get a little bit of a a thrill out of. The my guy thing is funny because, you know, I've been around the circuit now for a year and been listening to your show longer than that. So I've kind of put the pieces together. So I I know who your guy is. You do. You (laughs) do indeed. It's It's not a big secret. I know. It's just it's funny the way that it plays out. And uh, so my guy is one of the things that that I did want to say, like, it does. It makes me laugh a little when you say it. I'm like, it's it's Dave. Yeah, and I kind of like having that inside joke with people who are like closer to the podcast. Yeah, you know because they they get it. You know. Well, at this point, it's like it's your own little thing. Like, why would you stop now? You've been, it's been his his call sign since since you started. So exactly. Now the other one, and please understand, I am not giving you shit, but I am going to. I know exactly where you're going with this. I'm going to Go break ahead. your balls a little bit here, Miss Juliet, <laughs> <laughs> because. For somebody that that is born and bred in Chicago, you say y'all a whole lot. And I'm from the South Side of Chicago. I will take that as, <laughs> as an acceptable answer. <laughs> the thing is, you know, I, there was a comedian. I don't know who it was. It might have been Bennett, Bill Ingvall, or, or somebody. They were making a point about Southern accents, and they said Southern accents are one of those things that it's just different for men and women. So on a woman, a Southern accent sounds pretty. It's clean. It's, hey, y'all. On a man, it says, hey, y'all. That means GED. <laughs> like, that's just the way it is. <laughs> so it's funny to me. Like, I, I appreciate I appreciate the fact that you use y'all. Because when I was a kid, we got told that y'all and ain't ain't words. And now here we are. It's 2018. And I get to hear y'all from a young lady <laughs> who, who spent the most of her life in Chicago. <laughs> You know, I I love the word. It just feels like home to me. It's it's comfortable and welcoming. And I've spent a ton of time in New Orleans and Nashville. So I feel like, I mean, not that I can own the word, but... You know, it, it just kind of crept up on me. In this day and age, you're cultural appropriating white people words from New Orleans. I totally am. <laughs> I have a I couple. Am. Here's one that if you're from the South, you'll know exactly what I'm saying to you. And it's funny because I say this probably no shit 20 times a day. Everybody knows what I mean. But if I were to just walk up to a stranger and say it, you'd be like, what the fuck did you just say? It's usually in passing. Like if I'm walking into a, a store, I deliver tires. That's, that's what I do. So I'm in and out of stores. I'm around, I see people every day. Roughnecks, grease covered from the head to the feet, you know, guys that, that put in work. And you walk by and you kind of look at them in the face and you go, Sabo. And they go, mm-hmm. And they keep walking. And you say it again. You walk up, Sabo. Now what I'm saying is, what do you say, boy, 
or buddy is what uh, I'm saying. Ah, yes. But I cut that sentence into a quarter, <laughs> and I just go, say well. <laughs> and then he goes, hey, man, it's great. I love it. I love it. It just sounds so familiar and casual. It's perfect. I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot to language. It's one of my favorite things. And I, I've noticed one of your little hangups, too, uh, ma'am, mm. is although you, you say y'all and you have done very well to disguise that accent, there's still a word that you have a hard time saying, too. Which one's that? Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Yeah. Well, that I don't think that's ever going to change. And that's it's it's kind of the uh, the, the last little pin. Like I don't think you're going to get rid of it. But I've noticed it. I go, oh man, she can't she cannot say Chicago like a person from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there are so many different dialects that come from Chicago whether it's south side, north side or the burbs. I think we all just kind of macerate the language to fit us day by day. That's one thing that I've really enjoyed about podcasting. Now see you do more storytelling and we'll get I'm going to put a pin in that too cuz I, I like your style and I'm curious about a few things as far as that goes, but you know, I have to set up arrangements and and meetings and re- appointments basically with people to come on and talk and uh I've really thrown together some interesting accent profiles <laughs> since I've done this. <laughs> I bet. I haven't really hit a wall yet with anybody, but uh, has that happened to you? Have you ever interviewed somebody that you just couldn't fucking understand when they talk? Uh, it did when I was interviewing bands because I interviewed uh, a couple of Irish bands and oh. that was tricky. Um, but everybody that I've had on the podcast has been totally fine. Hmm. You've had some pretty impressive guests, too. Uh, I have. Miss Juliet, you had one very recently that actually made me quite giddy. Would that be Mr. Burt Kreischer? I discovered Burt Kreischer um, probably eight or nine years ago on a little show called Burt the Conqueror. Ah, yes. And it, it, we watched the show. There was a stunt that he did where his challenge was to ride, I believe, all five of the biggest roller coasters in this particular park. In one day, I think it's like a thing, like you get a prize if you can do it. And uh, so he's riding it. He gets one, two, three, four, and he goes to the last one. Now, the last one is a super fast, straight up in the air corkscrew roller coaster deal. Now, I hate roller coasters. Me too. Just seeing him do this is giving me a little bit of anxiety. And uh, the guy explains that every once in a while something will happen and you'll get a rollback which is where the uh the the cart doesn't make it all the way up and it rolls back and goes again so that doesn't sound good they load up they launch they get up to the top and they have a rollback so there's a moment where bert he's in the very front of the train and he's got his little arm harness shit you know over his he's holding on to it yeah and you see it come to a stop and he looks around and in that that bert voice he goes hey, what the guys and and he goes fuck fuck and it started going backwards and it was the funniest thing i think i've ever seen in my life like me and my wife hands and knees in the living room squealing we're laughing so fucking hard at, at him and that was it like i didn't see much of him except for the tv show and then one day i find out that he's a stand-up comic um i'm a big fan of tom Segura excuse me, Tom Segura too. Mm -hmm. And they're like best friends slash arch rivals. And so throughout that, I've gotten into Bert a lot more. And I just, 
that was uh it was really cool to like to hear that he'll even do shows with with regular folks he's not just in the the big thing he just loves people and i dig that so has there um have you had one of those with with your guests that you've had thus far like ones that uh you actually got really excited about I think I get excited about all of them uh, in one way or another. But with Bert, I have to admit, I was I was really sucking back the geeking out yeah. because <laughs> I just adore the guy. I think he's hysterical. And there was so much that I wanted to talk to him about that I didn't get the chance to because, you know, he he has his own style of talking and he was just getting in so deep in comedy that it was fantastic you know but if i'd had four more hours i would have like dissected every single joke he has ever told well just know i'll be i'll be waiting for that if you get the opportunity i'll be hanging out here just going (laughs) (laughs) well and who knows he's coming to chicago in august and there was talk about him and i doing another podcast together so we'll see well that would be fun um i think that that stand-up is a very hot market right now and uh I try to stay more in that lane, like the L.A. Um, Death Squad comedians. That's kind of my <laughs> my angle. So you've had a few people, uh, Ari Shafir also. Um, mm-hmm. But you've also had some other, like some East Coast legends. You've had uh, the, the Reverend Bob Levy. I did. I had him on. I had Nick DiPaolo, Jim Norton. Was there another another older comedian besides Bob Levy? Uh, yeah, I had Bobby Slayton on. Maybe Bobby Slayton. I've been watching a lot of stand-up comedy. Do you watch a lot of stand-up, Juliet? I know you, you like I comedy. I do. do yeah. yeah, I take a lot of inspiration from it. I can dig that. Um, I, I feel like your style it lends itself to comedic storytelling. Um, very Ron White-like, you know? Maybe not yes. as many punchlines, but definitely you lay out a story uh, very similar you know yeah yeah i love ron white that's that's funny you would say that because i absolutely will just i love those storytelling comedians it's so engrossing i think that uh you've definitely got some good stories that you've you've published thus far and i think that you have a lot more to come i was speaking with your guy and kind of on the on the slide this we're gonna, we're gonna Uh-oh. surprise miss juliet it's you can't be trusted oh yeah so um, I'm a huge fan of New Orleans, too. Um, I believe we've had some conversation uh, about different places that I've liked to, to frequent down there, and I've heard some of yours from your show. Uh, the Checkpoint Charlie story kind of... Oh. It was very sweet to hear about Paxson and that whole situation. And just, it's cool that you guys kind of look for those kind of stories. When I but was, you know, when, when you're in New Orleans especially... Everybody is just so friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't sit down in a bar next to somebody and not strike up conversation with them. I, it, it's amazing. I've never been in another city that's quite like it. Everybody's a little drunk. That helps. Well, yeah, that helps. It that definitely helps. Um, I, I've had the same experience. Now, the first time I ever went to New Orleans, uh, I went for Mardi Gras and I was underage. So, unfortunately... It was more of a giant people watching ceremony for me. Sure. Um, I saw some amazing things that that two or three days that we went to the French Quarter. I got groped by a giant transgender trans drag queen. Let's just call it what it was. <laughs> I don't know what what his orientation was, but he was a large man in a dress and a wig, and uh, he got him a handful of some Jody B butt. Ah, and, uh, well, that'll wake you up. Yeah. Well, I was surprised. I said, hey, somebody grabbed my ass. And I said, yeah, that happens. Just keep moving. 
At least he didn't take your wallet. That was the other thing. Yeah, my mom, uh, she kind of told me, she said, you know, you're going to be like nuts to butts with some folks for the next couple days, so you might want to keep your wallet. And that's anybody planning to go to uh, Mardi Gras or to experience that. Have you done Mardi Gras or have you just go down in the off season? We mostly go during the off season, but we've been there for St. Patrick's Day, uh, the Red Dress Run, which is very similar to Mardi Gras in that it just takes over the quarter. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Bourbon Street, I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've made the point on my show before. It just it smells a little too hard for me. Um, it is funky. It brings back old memories of, of some of my, my shitty living environment. <laughs> You're not supposed to know what like raw sewage smells like. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's some places down on Bourbon Street that uh, you cr- – it's so weird because it's just Bourbon Street too. Like the other streets are fine, but you get right right smack in there by the, the black – the blacksmith shop or Lafayette oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Fuck. You stand there on the corner and you take a whiff and it's just, oh, man. <laughs> I love that every morning they actually have to wash down the streets. They hose it down. They do, yeah. I mean, sanitation trucks up and down the roads and they just spray them down with the soapy water. It's amazing. <laughs> I had to speak on the black water. Somebody was like, what are you talking about? And I said, if you've been to New Orleans on Bourbon Street, you've seen the black water. Uh, I yeah, I call it bourbon water. It's right down in between the cobblestones and the bricks. Yep. And that's why you don't wear flip-flops on Bourbon Street. You'll Precisely. figure that out, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was. we were there, uh, it was a couple of years ago, and I think it was the Red Dress Run, and we were in the Bourbon Cowboy. And we were with some friends, and it was just getting crazy. Now, the Red Dress Run is uh, in support of heart health, and everybody wears red dresses. So it's just the sea of red. And we're kind of like filtering out onto Bourbon Street, and these two guys got into a fist fight. And I somehow got carried up in between the two of them. Oh, snap. they are like hauling off and slugging each other and everything. And then we all just went spilling down on the ground. And I landed in a giant pool of that black water. Oh, no. Yeah, it, it's it's a new kind of funk. Uh, it, it was funny, too, because, you know, I banged up my knees, my elbow and everything. And immediately people are like, all right, let's get you some Bactine real quick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got to wash that out. <laughs> I've, uh, I've I've witnessed a Bourbon Street brawl, if you will. Um, the, the Mardi Gras that I went to the first time, I saw a rather large gentleman. Uh, every bit of 400 pounds. A big, Ooh. big, broad man. Apparently was on some kind of mind-altering substance that made him superhuman. Um, I believe that would be the PCP, possibly. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, took seven police officers to subdue this gentleman and he still was cussing and kicking and trying to fight back but literally seven people had to grab his arms and legs and throw his big ass into a, a paddy wagon and uh until the all seven people got there he was he was throwing heat he was punching people kicking people spitting Ooh. he was he was literally out of his mind <laughs> in a group of people bourbon street is you know several thousand people descend upon the french quarter for this and it's yes. your shoulder to shoulder and just imagine you know this this giant man starting to just lay hammers on people's faces <laughs> and you just oh, kind of push into a crowd of people and go i hope he doesn't hit me <laughs> i know you just keep your head covered and hope for the best 
Jesus. Well, and what's even worse is when you're so far gone and you pass out on a street corner. And this happened last summer. We were it was Red Dress Run again, and we were up on a balcony, and uh, this guy had passed out on the street corner down across from us. Yeah. Uh, and as a promotion, I think it was Red Apple. Um, ale or beer or whatever they had these soft styrofoam apples that they were handing out to people so all of a sudden we all noticed that there's this guy passed out on the street corner and now everybody is whipping these styrofoam apples at him just like (laughs) yeah beating the guy with them and he's not moving an inch and then his friends get all pissed off and they're like hey cut it out you know and they're they're like yelling up at the balconies it was hysterical see i'm kind of like they're soft apples so oh yeah best it's not case like it's scenario. you know hard yeah, yeah it's you just peg the shit out of him and when he wakes up if he'd have been in a heap of apples that'd have been great <laughs> it would have been awesome his just... friends though kind of rescued him which was a bit of a bummer whatever right whatever no um i've experienced that kind of in the on season and the off season it's a lot of fun like if you if you can spare the money and the time new orleans is a fantastic place to visit all i say is keep in mind danger is is there so absolutely don't completely put your guard down don't be out you know roaming around the fucking neighborhood at two three o'clock in the morning hammered you know you're gonna make yourself a victim but oh yeah definitely go down there and experience that nightlife from say 10 to 10 to 1 is a good span you can get down there you can get a little dirty and you can still make it back to your hotel room unscathed but uh got to be one of my favorite places too well and that's why i've convinced my guy to move there in a couple of years oh yeah yeah two years that's our plan we are going to be living in the french quarter i will say this um have you ever lived in the south juliet (laughs) not longer than a couple of weeks okay now i'm gonna say this but i just want you to understand I hope this works out for you. (laughs) You know, we're gypsies. So our plan is to rent a place for a year. If we like it, maybe we'll stay or maybe we'll find somewhere else to go. There's a, with you being in Chicago, you've experienced a kind of cold that a lot of people probably won't know in their life. This is true. Well, down here in the summertime, we experience a kind of heat. You are talking my language now. Oh, I don't know, dude. Like, maybe I'm just too fat for it, but I can stand still and sweat in the summertime here. It is it is 80% humidity, 98 degrees oh, outside. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, oh. we've been in New Orleans in August. Oh. <laughs> and it's my favorite time of year. Bless your heart. We went in <laughs> April, and uh, it had just started to, to knock the chill down. It was probably 70 a couple of those days, but the middle of the trip... Um, I guess Thursday, it, it hit like 85, oh. 90% humidity. And uh, we stayed in this really awesome. Juliet, if you don't live in New Orleans, I found like a perfect place just to visit. It was uh, this lady who had bought up some property over in the Bywater District. You know where that mm-hmm. is? Across oh, yeah, yeah. From, okay. So, you know, the thing about the Bywater District is when, when the city flooded back in 05, uh, I guess, um, the Bywater District didn't flood bad. So a lot of the people that were there got dislocated to the Bywater District. Mm-hmm. You go down there now, it looks rough as fuck. It does, yeah. 
you drive around. There's graffiti. There's broken windows. The, the the street is gnarly. You know, they're still working on all that shit. So you're down there looking around going, I could get fucking robbed any minute now. <laughs> like it just. <laughs> and I'm from Little Rock, you know, the outskirt of Little Rock. So I understand that sometimes you just need to be, keep your antenna up, you know, don't be silly. Sure. So we're walking around this place at night. And uh, I've got my guard up. I'm every corner we go around. I'm looking just to make sure there's nobody hiding behind a fucking trash can or something. <laughs> We're gonna get some pizza, and then you come around the corner, and it's a gang of hipsters. Like, yeah, like I know. Well, kids, it's been gentrified. Yeah, eight kids with with <laughs> razor thin beards, you know, and and hats and shit. And you're like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I think it's cool what they're doing over there, but it's funny because it looks like you might get stabbed. But it they're does. in the process of gentrifying, so yeah, they're they're cleaning it up a little bit. But that that area, the Bywater District, it's a wonderful place. Like just, I don't know if I could do like down in the quarter. I think I could do the outskirts, something like that. But the the quarter itself, I think, would be just too much. It's gonna be fucking loud after about eight months of every other hour. You hear some somebody start playing some shit on the corner, like. <laughs> I, I love that. No, I, I love our live plan music. is we're thinking like Royal Street, maybe down towards uh, the Marigny, like towards Frenchman Street. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hmm. See that place we stayed was over. Uh, it was around like Bartholomew and Burgundy, I think, like mm-hmm. over that area. You get a po' boy sandwich. It was good. Mm, good stuff. It was the first time I ever had a soft shell crab po' boy. You had soft shell crab. Oh, oh, that is delightful. Soft shell crab will blow your fucking mind. If you're, uh, I'd never had it before. Being from from here, I I don't know how it missed me. I've always done with crab legs and shit like that. Crab cakes, they're okay. Sure. I, I love seafood. And the first time I had a soft shell crab on a po' boy sandwich, I bit into that shit, and I said, "This is what? <laughs> you just eat it." Yep. <laughs> it's just crunchy. It's a shell. You, you don't have to peel it. You don't have to shuck it. You just put the shit on there and eat it. And it's amazing. So, oh, yes. I'll oh, tell you, man. my favorite is turtle soup. I haven't had turtle soup yet. Um, When we went this last time, uh, it was actually the week my, my wife found out that she found out the week my wife found out that she was pregnant with our son. So I was drinking and eating for two. You know, she just hit like the morning sickness stage. Oh, bummer. I'm having Bloody Marys and oysters on the half shell, you know, sitting here going, well, <laughs> it sucks to be you, I guess. I'm sorry. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> drinking giant beers. And um, I didn't I didn't realize just how much of a melting pot like New Orleans is with food. I understood that Creole was a thing, but I didn't get it. And somebody had to explain it to us, our host. He goes... No, 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 no. This isn't like crawfish and shit down here. Like, is it, you want that? You got to go back that way a little bit to the swamp if you want gator tail and crawfish and shit. He's like, right. this is French, highfalutin, high quality cuisine where these people are trained for years. He said, they will make you these these etouffee and, uh, and yes. stuff like that that will change your life. Oh, it will. Absolutely. And uh, I haven't had turtle soup yet, but I think I had shrimp and grits about eight times when I was there just to experience. And they were all different. They were all fantastic. Um, We did a plantation uh, tour. Have you ever done that? No, we haven't. So I know you're a whiskey drinker. Indeed. Are you a fan of the Sazerac? 
I love the Sazerac. So, it's so complex. It's just, oh, it's a crazy drink. It's whiskey in a glass, basically. <laughs> but it's not. There's a lot going on in there. And to watch the guy make it is amazing, too. Just to sit there, if it's a full-blown Sazerac, where he's having to, to do the bitters and the spray and the thing, and you're just sitting there. A little bit of absinthe in it, yeah. We went to um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, to the Homa House. It was a plantation tour that we took. Now, I'm just saying, I don't know if it's your speed. You know, we're younger, so you would think we'd want to get into the crazy shit, but, you know, she was pregnant, and we were just trying mm. to experience some, some real New Orleans kind of thing. So we did a plantation tour. Sure. Juliet. It was fantastic. It was like $15. You go to this really old house with this big snotty front yard with these 300-year-old oak trees with these long branches that like sweep down, and you could sit on them like a bench. Wow. But they're like 20 feet long branches. They're the size of manhole covers. They're three to 500-year-old trees. You sit on this shit. And you look around and there's flowers, you know, there's a giant two story, you know, plantation style house with the everything and you get some shrimp and grits at the kitchen. You get your <laughs> Sazerac and you're walking through the courtyard, looking at flowers, getting just hammered on whiskey. <laughs> That's that was me in the middle of this trip. I was amazing. You know, I had a moment with myself sitting there in the courtyard, just kind of swirling the glass, going, Yep. It was pretty cool. I can do yes. this. I like this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I highly recommend it. If you guys get down there and just get bored sometime, go check out a plantation tour. It's a lot of fun. You'll get to see just how much work went into that, you know, and I sure. understand they kinda they keep some of that shit to the side. They go, well, we don't talk about that building over there. Right. So much. That was that was just the, the, the bunkhouse. You understand that there was a lot of time and a lot of pain and a lot of work that went into those places and to see it now and just, you know, think about how people act. This world is a lot different. Um, we're a lot softer these days. Mm. And to sit there and to think about people that had to sweat and work in that Louisiana summertime heat to keep right. that kind of shit running. It'll make you respect that life and that culture. It's it's an amazing place. The cemeteries are fun. You ever go there? Oh, yeah. We always try to make a stop at St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. I haven't done a bunch of them. Um, Above-ground cemeteries are kind of creepy. <laughs> they are, yeah. They're, they're just so beautiful, but a little a little spooky too yeah. yeah have you um have you done any of the tours like the full blown or you just stumbled across oh hell no yeah uh, we're, we're just we're not tour people you know if, if there's something that i want to see i'll find it myself it sounds like a better plan it is you know and that way you get the better stories because then when you start poking around somebody's gonna be like hey what are you doing and then you can introduce yourself and then you know get a better story that was um I mentioned that earlier. When we stayed, we stayed at a bed and breakfast, and uh, the backyard had been turned into like a citrus garden. Huh. This lady had planted orange trees, lemon trees, uh, kumquat, different little, like, just, it was amazing. And her father lived in the shotgun house that was actually the big house. He was 94 years old. And I know, dis- oh. sorry, I know that I spent an afternoon speaking with him. Uh, 
you know, just on the porch, sitting here talking to a 90 year old man in, in 85 degree weather. Yes. Sweat. And you want to stop talking to him, but you just can't. Because he's can't. sitting here, he's got that deep, that deep New Orleans, New Orleans accent. And he's saying, yes. no, the time I come here uh, was for that time of year, and it was very cold here. So we stay with my wife in the back house. And you're like, uh huh. It's <laughs> just, I listen to you talk all day. Exactly. I know. It, they're just, everybody's so open. We were shopping in a grocery store and I was looking for, I, I forget what I was looking for, but I wanted to bring ingredients home to make gumbo. And this lady was there, just lived in the quarter. And it turns out that she was one of the chefs at the gumbo kitchen. She's like, oh no, you don't want any of this to make gumbo. And then she takes both me and my guy, takes us back into the kitchen at the restaurant and teaches us how to make gumbo. Teach you how to make down your roux. Yeah, I mean, she was like, all right, I'm going to show you how to make a roux. This is how you do it. And people don't hesitate there. I haven't experienced the, uh, is it the fifth line? Is that the right Oh, line? that's the best. Second I've line. I've seen it. Second, second line. line. Fifth line. What the fuck? Is that a hockey term? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, second line. I love uh, horns. One of my favorite uh, performers is, is a New Orleans piano player named Dr. John. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar. If you're I am. Fan, you should be. Yeah. Um, so I love jazz music. I love loud horns and piano and accordion. I love uh, uh, Zydeco music too. So that's sure. if you're into that, it's a good place for it. But uh, just the idea of having like a fucking marching band come down the street any time of day and people jump in. That's that's another yes. practice. You just let's get hammered together and you jump out in the street. You start dancing. They dance for funerals. They dance for weddings. They dance because it's fucking Thursday. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I love that celebration. Yeah. It's the best. I would look forward to that. But I, I wonder how long it would take to get old. It doesn't. It just doesn't. I don't <laughs> because know. it's just so beautiful and engaging. And you just you go out and you dance and, you know, go on back and do some more drinking. And it just never stops. And been- it doesn't have to. Are there any other cities that you could say that you enjoy that much, like as New Orleans? Is there or something that's come close? Like, I'm curious. I know you've done a lot of traveling. I haven't. And uh, I'm thinking I need to start, like, trying to experience a little more in this country because I've lived in Arkansas my whole life. I'm 30. Uh, You got to see what's out there. I know. You do. You do. I've never been on a plane. Like, Are you I've, afraid to fly? Okay, so let me correct myself. I've been on a plane before uh, when I was a young young lad, uh, probably 10. I went on a small plane, like a puddle jumper plane, as oh. a part of a Boy Scout kind of thing. I wasn't in Scouts long. We only did like the free trial of shit. <laughs> so it just so happened that the first two weeks of Boy Scouts, you got to go on like little trips. And we one of our trips was to go ride in a plane. And I was I was very young, and I really didn't want to do it. I'm not, I'm scared of heights now to this day. Um, we got up in the air, and it's me and like four other kids in the back, and the pilot. Well, he starts rocking back and forth and doing silly shit, and he's like, "You guys want to do like a barrel roll?" And oh lord, like, yeah! And I'm like, no. no. And I 
I held on to that seat. You know when you go to the dentist and and they're really starting to set in on you and you just <laughs> you kind of wrap your thumbs and your pinky around that fucking hand rip and you're like, "All right, let's do this." I had one of those in that plane and oh God. he rolled the the plane over and it scared me so bad. I've never been okay with heights or really opted to get on a plane. I think I would be okay now. I'm a grown up and in the worst case I'll get fucking hammered. Like I'll figure it out. <laughs> but, um, well, no, I hear you. I mean, I, I, I hate roller coasters. I hate being upside down. I hate that kind of experience, but it's a commercial jet. It just goes up and down. I think you'll be all right. I do too. And, and I'm looking forward to it now. And that's what I think is as an adult, I need to start experiencing a few more of these, these cities that we have around here. So I'm curious back long way around is there any other place that you've kind of had that connection with like new orleans like a place that you just if your options were we're going here or here you know i'm i'm picking this one i san francisco uh denver colorado seattle washington like is there another place that you've been to that you enjoy as much as new orleans there is and that would be aruba oh yeah, it's it's an entirely different experience and an entirely different culture, but it is fantastic. It's probably the most comfortable, laid back, easygoing place I have ever been. It's stunning and dry. I mean, it's part desert. I mean, Aruba is maybe 20 miles by six miles. So it's a very oh, small shit. little island. It's remote. But it's it's got the same sort of energy that New Orleans does in that everybody there is so welcoming and so ready to celebrate. You know, so you go and you've got these beautiful palm trees in the desert and just this comfortable, homey sort of feel. So that's more of an island. That's It's uh, very, yeah, it, it's definitely a destination. But, you know, my guy and I try to go there once a year and just, you know, escape from the world i need to try an island thing like i haven't done that that'd be weird to kind of just disappear for a week <laughs> it's great it's, so it's the best it just being loud. off you the just... grid and not having to deal with anything oh i love it i'm sure we'll get there i've got an uncle who visits barbados quite a bit oh ah, right right I don't know where that is and i believe my wife has been to bermuda um she had a uh, an uncle. He's an actuary, and apparently they make a decent living. And apparently, at one point, he did his job in Bermuda. Wow! I know, and uh, kind of wish I would have known her then. That'd have been fun. <laughs> That's the life, yeah. She says that sometimes to me. You know, uh, she had an ex husband uh, before me, and so sometimes she'll make a joke and she'll just be like, "Man, I've got to do this cool shit." And he's like, "It was just with the wrong guy," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know, right?" <laughs> <laughs> it makes all the difference when you find the right one. Yeah. I'm um I'm looking forward to uh to seeing where life goes next. I had a pretty bumpy first quarter, you know. I'm thirty now. First half I guess. Uh I need to try to enjoy myself more. And that's one thing that I think I do kind of appreciate I'm kinda of appreciate. It's one thing that I do appreciate about your show and, you know, the way you guys experience and you share your stories with your relationship is I want that, you know, let's get out. Let's explore some shit. Let's have a good time. We're all people and we're all going to die someday. So why not have a little fun, you know, play hide the flip flop, uh, <laughs> fetch you know, the flip flop, fetch the flip flop, 
throw that shit off a pier somewhere and just say, your, your turn, kid. Yeah. Get your ass moving. <laughs> you know, it's, I love it. And uh, that's one of the things that I think you guys are going to, are going to keep being oh, successful. Yeah. I think that, that the sky is the limit. And, uh, you know, I, I dig it. I dig what you're doing. So that's, that's that. Cheers. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Cheers to that. Mm. Mm. Oh, all right. Bourbon. Tequila. <laughs> I can't. What is it? It's like 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm knocking back a mug full of bourbon. I dig it. <laughs> so you've actually, I've, I've only recently gotten a taste for whiskey and bourbon and things like that. Like, it's fun to hear that because... You have a more, you know, refined, you do more like a tasting style with your, your opening segment. And I'm just like, well, just put some whiskey in a glass. And then if it's, <laughs> if it sucks, put a little water in it. And then if it sucks real bad, just pour some Coke in there. Fuck it. That's the part of the country I'm from. <laughs> so it's fun to hear you actually give profiles. Cause I, as an adult now with a bit of a palate myself, I do get it. When somebody brings a nice bourbon or a, a scotch and they say, hey, man, you want some? And I go, yeah, let me get a hit. And then I'll take a little taste and I'll go, okay, yeah, that does taste like different things. You know, I get the, right. the lure of it. I just don't have time for that. I'm like, put it in a glass and I'm going to drink it. Cool. Oh, now see, you got to <laughs> slow down. I mean, really, it's like anything. It's meant to be enjoyed. And I mean, there's there's totally a place for knocking it back, believe me. But that first sip, just take that first sip and just let it, you know, let it roll around. You know, play with it for a little bit and, and just give it 30 seconds. I think I could do like cigar slash whiskey. Like if you oh, one of those best. kind of parties, I could yeah. definitely handle one of those. Um, I enjoy drinking, but people make fun of me because I'm a cheap date. I get there quick, and uh, I've always said, hey, getting drunk is a race. I'm a fucking sprinter. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> it's the only time in my life I'm a sprinter. <laughs> I love the art of prolonging a drunk. This uh, is one of my greatest pleasures in life. <laughs> I've had some some memorable evenings of trying to battle you know the the monster of just getting hammered and i get to the point where i have to lay down that's that's my move i'm like i'm just gonna lay down right here and i get horizontal i don't know like i just i hate hangovers and that's probably the biggest problem now yeah like, I no like, I, I hear that they do get worse as you get older yeah but you know it, it's balance if you don't do it every day uh, you know we we go out and we have our weekends and you know for 24 hours or so we just prolong it and if you drink enough water you're gonna be all right <laughs> i don't know man <laughs> i think the heat has been a big factor of that too i can't get drunk if it's too hot Oh, I love that. Ugh. Oh, that is I <laughs> summer is my favorite time ever because it just means you know, my guy and I will go out on our driveway and I mean, you've heard this in the podcast, but oh, yeah. we we sit there and we drink and we soak up the sun and it just feels so good. Driveway drinking is Driveway drinking. It is a lost art and if you have a driveway and you're not driveway drinking, what the fuck is wrong with you? It is the best to sit yes. outside even and i will grill you know you do whatever oh you sit yeah there in your yeah driveway and you get hammered and you just talk shit 
you, yes. you yell at people across the driveway. If somebody comes by that you don't recognize, you judge them really hard. You go, what's that <laughs> fucking guy doing here? I better not catch him come around again. I'm going to throw some shit at him. And then he's exactly. walking you know, <laughs> flipping burgers. Um, I definitely appreciate drinking. Uh, I just don't. I've got a kid now, and you guys have been afforded that luxury. Uh, that's a big one. That's a big change. And uh, it's hard to get drunk now. Because yeah, I, I couldn't do it. And I do like nighttime duties. I put the kid to bed. The last time I had to give him a bath and put him to bed with even like a solid buzz, it got rough. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Yeah. You pick I, him I, up I, and you're kind of off balance and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm a monster. I need to get my <laughs> shit together. Uh, yeah, I'm way too selfish to ever have children. <laughs> I feel you. And it's funny because, you know, it's it's. I can see the allure of having one kid now. I'm old enough. I've been around. We've got enough time with the kid that I go, all right, I get it. They're kind of fun. I don't understand having three, four, five kids. No. That shit makes my brain hurt. Yeah, tell me about it. And uh, just having one now has been such an adjustment. Like, I think you just give into it. And I have to have a little bit of a like an admiration for folks like y'all who just go, nah, I'm good. Because <laughs> we were almost those people. We really were. And, you know, we kind of got to a point where we said it wouldn't be so terrible to, you know, give it a shot. Well, you know, where my guy and I now, where my guy and I are now, I, you know, I'm in my 40s. He's older than I am. It's just not the time for us. And it's for me personally, it's just been never something that I was interested in. I think even as a kid, I drove my mother nuts. I mean, I used to play with dolls like every other kid, but I, and like my mother would say, is that your baby? And I would say, nope. (laughs) Somebody else's kid. I found it. (laughs) Did you have any brothers or sisters? I have a younger sister. Okay. Well, see, I always wondered if mine like came from not having siblings because I was never around kids. I had cousins and you know, they're, you see them, you don't really hang out with them. You're not around them. Um, so that's a little different than, than actually having like a live in sibling who gets on your nerves and messes with you and shit like that. So you kind of figure that out. I don't know. I just never really was big on kids. And then my Uh. wife talked me into it. You know how that goes? You're just like, (laughs) are you sure? And you're like, I'm pretty sure. And then one day you're like, maybe I should. I don't know. And then you're two years into it. Let me tell you what happened last night, Juliet. Oh no. The kid woke up. Now, when you have a child, um, you learn patterns. You learn things about them that you would learn by anybody else if you spend as much time with them. You notice, like, when the kid doesn't take a dump all day. So last night, we realized, oh, no, he hasn't taken a shit today. Oh, God. That's probably going to be a problem. Oh, God. But he went to bed last night. No problem. Okay, whatever. Cool. Fine. The time change, obviously, kind of made us lose an hour of sleep. We didn't even go to bed till 1. Uh, 4.15 this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> the alarm, no. The baby alarm clock went off next door. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife goes, I don't know what's wrong with him. You want to bring it? I said, I'm going to just take care of it. Whatever. So I get up. I got to pee. I go do that. And he's just going, Daddy! Daddy! 
like do the thing and I'm you know you go to the bathroom you walk in and Juliet I open the bedroom door oh god oh god it smelled like shit so bad oh god (laughs) I opened the door and I said oh no (laughs) son of a bitch (laughs) so clean that up went back in there with him to try to put him to bed and from four o'clock to seven uh we both kind of fell asleep i got up tried to put him back into his bed he woke up said no i don't want to go in there so i said fuck i sat back down i got up at nine tried to put him down he did the same thing i said well tough titty kid because i got shit to do and uh, (laughs) i put him in bed with his mama and they might still be asleep now so that's one of the joys of children is if you ever get to a point in your life where you don't want to know exactly how much sleep you're going to get, like you just want to play sleep roulette. Right. Have a kid. Bring one oh over. Oh, my God. It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> hang on. I need to suck down a lot of bourbon. Hang on. <laughs> oh, all right. That's There's better. There's <laughs> so many things that I'm not like mad, but I'm a little upset that they didn't put in the handbook. Oh, there's so much they don't tell you, because if they did, you would never do it. There's just, I guess when you have more, you get better at it, which is kind of a weird thing to think about, because you Mm. spend less time with each kid when you have more, so how the fuck do you get better at raising it? I don't know, but I've noticed that, you know, he gets smarter every day. That's weird. Having a two-year-old yesterday, he had his first, or Friday, he had his first, like, conversation with me. Wow. He, um, I got off work. My phone rings. It's my wife. And that's not uncommon. You know, we talk after I get off. I say, hey, I'm coming home. So I answer the phone, and I go, hello. And he goes, hello. And I go, <laughs> hey, buddy, what are you doing? He goes, play. And I'm like, yeah. Did you play with your friends today? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. Did you have fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, okay. Well, hey, I'm coming home. He goes, okay, bye. And he hung up on me, and I go, son of a bitch. <laughs> and it only keeps getting further and further along. So I, I think the the allure of children is definitely like a 90 percent mm. <laughs> of the time, fucking sucks. You're gonna need to do what you want. You're gonna be broke all the time. You're going to fight with your fucking, with your wife or husband. It's going to be a shit show. (laughs) And that's why we have a cat. Yeah. Yeah. See, the only problem with cats is they still attack you in the middle of the night. But that's part of the fun. Fun (laughs) shit. (laughs) (laughs) It keeps you on your toes. You know, I I like that. I, I like the crazy ones. Oh, man. Why do you think Crazy Town was my friend? I like them nuts. I was going to say, um, out of all your, your friends and, and your your misadventures, um, your friend Crazy Town sounds like a real winner. I didn't want to talk shit Ooh. about your friend, but... Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, she she was crazy and gorgeous and... You never knew what to expect from her, ever. She could have been, like, a beauty queen pageant person, but also a psycho chick who might run somebody over with their car or stab (laughs) them in the face. (laughs) She absolutely would. I I have a story that I'm working on for her where she actually slices the head off of a pink panther. It's... 
she she was nuts the best the best kind of nuts else. you were gonna be like so there was one time she called me at 2 a.m and she was like juliet i need you to help me bury somebody and you were like huh <laughs> <laughs> what and it would not have surprised me see i grew up around people like that so i didn't really dig you know friends that way um trailer park life is a lot of mm. fun you'll get the best kind of people watching and the best kind of judgment you know people you see them you go uh-huh i know what you're up to over there it's oh yeah i think i've got a pretty good radar for it now um i don't know i i think that the world is is changing in front of me and uh i think i've stayed in my house a little too much lately that's I'm not saying I'm scared. It's just a matter of, like, I'm so busy anymore. And I just don't want to deal with other people's dumb shit. So I just kind of stay in here. It's weird. No, I get it. I mean, generally speaking, my my guy calls me a misanthrope because I'm not a fan of people. I have a very hard time getting along with most of them. But, you know, it, it's part of what we do. We're out there. We have to be out there and seeing people. Everything's well, going to come back Well, people find around. a way. We yeah. do. Shit is getting real dark lately. And, I know. Uh, it's uncomfortable and weird and, you know, going. it feels like it's going in reverse some days, but. Shit, you live in Chicago. I, don't have I to do. Tell you yeah. about it. We got people dying in the streets, man. It's nuts. I don't know. I think that uh, just got to be a little nicer. That's my plan. Try to be nicer to people a lot of people that have dealt with some really shitty situations and not had a lot of love in their life <laughs> and that's very true sometimes it just takes you being polite not being a dickhead to a stranger you know because you don't absolutely know. yeah oh lord i'm starting to ramble you didn't have anything you wanted to talk about did you <laughs> no this is your interview you tell me where to go <laughs> i made it an hour that's what i said i was sitting here and i'm like there's gotta be something else um i don't know so is there is there a next step for you guys like is there i know you said earlier you guys are planning on moving to new orleans sometime soon but like you've kind of built this thing up and you know I'm sure that it's it's progressing. Like, is there something else that you guys are moving towards with your podcast and just in general? There is. Uh-huh. I kind of <laughs> felt like you mentioned you were going to a convention recently. And I go, what the fuck? There are podcast conventions? There like, are, yeah. And it's in New Orleans in August. So huh. uh, it's called Potter and Love, which is going to be a blast. It's for podcasters, podcast listeners. It's just for people who love podcasting, and it's going to be so cool. But uh, in answer to your your question, we're actually working with a film production company on turning the podcast into a web series. That would be fun. With like live actors, you know, kind of like, I mean, you think Sex in the City, sort of that sort of format, uh, but, you know, with, with my wacky stories. So is it going to be... And I guess you don't have to tell me if this is like spoiler alert shit. So is it going to be like from the advantage of you telling a story, like maybe speaking into a microphone and then having like an, an accompaniment of action? Or are you just talking about like an all around story type miniseries? Like an all around miniseries. Huh. Yeah. 
Now we're very, very early in the stages right now, but yeah, we've uh, maybe go within somewhere. the next year or so, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to release it. Well, I think it's pretty impressive to kind of crazy to go from just well, let's figure out and see what happens to yeah, we're going to uh, <laughs> we have flasks, we have sponsors, we have people now that listen we to do. the show on a regular, and it's pretty cool man and that's i guess if anything i could kind of strive for that you can be a little bit of a inspiration of oh what you're supposed to do next you're supposed to let people hear your stories and then try to build an audience and then go on a ride with that audience man you that's know awesome. it's it's baby steps we make little goals for ourselves every couple of months and then you know we we just keep moving that's the trick you just got to keep moving hmm Oh, shit. And we have flasks. Can I pump my flasks? You I'm sure really can. excited about them. As a matter of fact, I was going to say, um, I actually got a good look at one today. The flask is something that everybody should have at least one of in their house. I have one here. Right. Uh, for the alcoholic on the go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now, you don't have to put booze in it, although I recommend it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us tell us about your flask. Oh, they're stunning. They're, you know, they're stainless steel. We had them laser etched with the podcast logo. They're just, they're beautiful. It's a classic six-ounce flask. But what I'm really kind of proud of is that uh, we're donating $5 from every flask sold to Stomp Out Bullying which is a nonprofit organization that works to teach kids how to handle bullying and how to be stronger uh, and it works to seek prevention. So it's, it's a fantastic place and I'm just, I'm excited that we can kind of make a difference with them. That is really cool. Um, one of your late, not, I'd say, I don't know what it was. It was a recent episode. You, you kind of spoke about bullying in a sense with the situation you had being like a, a mentor program yeah ladies well, and a bunch of soccer moms that would be in a basket of cunts <laughs> um, that's exactly what they were being I, mean, I was bullied as a kid you know and that's that's actually why i tried being a mentor for a while was so that i could kind of help you know girls who were they were in seventh grades so they were probably about 12 you know, kind of help them through you know their own personal situations and in the process i encountered these horrible women who were running this mentoring group in the wrong way altogether so i just i had to deal with them teach them a lesson i think it was um received i don't know how well received it was but yeah that's kind of my point you know we're talking about being nicer to people and it's just i don't have time for that i don't have time for just like real assholes i get if that's your character and you like to act like an asshole but sometimes you know you're actually pretty awesome uh people that are just generally assholes like they just don't get it i I don't understand the need to be that way i mean i I can hate people but i'm still a decent human being i'm not going to be rude to people you know i I go out and i'm nice i open doors for people i help when i can you know and that's that's what you got to do we're dealing with one kind of close to the family right now like Uh uh, being a real asshole and we're like man The asshole's brain works in many ways. You can think that you're doing everything justified. You know, you're you're taking the licks and you're fucking making sacrifice. And in fact, you're just putting everybody in a bind and you're being really shitty to everybody for no reason. You're an <laughs> There's asshole. no logic to it. I don't know. 
<sighs> Anywho, I'd yeah. like for you to uh, to plug your show to get you know everything out there. We've been talking for a while now, and I guess I will let you be on about your Sunday. Um, it's been a real pleasure having you on, Juliet, and uh, I thank you for listening to me ramble for a little bit. And uh, I don't know. I hope we can spread the word. I want to make you guys as popular as I can. I enjoy what oh. you're doing. Well, I got to say, I love listening to your show. I love talking to you. I've had so much fun. Uh, this has been a blast. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, I, I want people to check out your show. So you better. God damn it. Right, go right. Go to theunwritablerant.com. That's everything. It's got the podcast. It's got the flasks. Uh, you know, all the places you can find me on social media. And it's it's a it's a good thing. Miss Juliet, it's been a pleasure, and you can tell your guy that I said thank you for arranging. And uh, I would like to hear that sultry voice at some point too, at, uh, on this show or another. Um, I I think it's funny that uh, he does obviously some audio for your show, but he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't put it out. It's a good radio voice, dude. I know you he does me. have that deep he's, deep I hope voice. That he's looking at you. And smiling and shaking his head right now, going, ah, fuck, whatever. But he knows what I'm saying. He's got a very sultry, very, very deep, loving voice. And I think he should use it more. I love it. That's my man. That's what he does. You guys have a wonderful Sunday. And thank you oh, for your time. Thank you, Jody B. Well, that was my conversation with Juliet Miranda, host of the Unwritable Rant podcast. Now... It's early. I've had a cocktail or two. So, I'm going to try to get through this. But basically, you know the fucking deal. Like us, follow us, retweet, subscribe. You can talk to me on at on Twitter, at PoBoyPod, or at JodyB501. For me, dead motherfucker Jody B. And, uh... Yeah, man. That's it. Fucking take your ass over to at Potter Madness and vote for my show. We can move on to the Elite Eight if we get the help that we need. So do that shit. Thank you for listening. I love you for it. And you motherfuckers have a great weekend. And I'll see you next time. Drunk in the morning I don't
Lord, I'm so damn tired inside. 